Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. We're here to to spread some witchy knowledge, spread the good news of the witchcraftery, or what have you. I don't, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I, I gotta come up with like a fun catchphrase for this, like what with uh, some of the other podcasters have. Or, or it's just crazy. Or it's just crazy. And a little every insane time. every yeah, time. That's fine. Also, which is basically the vibe that we're. That's fine. Yeah, just hey, like crazy and a little bit insane. Be a little crazy. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Either way, welcome to this episode of Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Yep, if yep. you are listening to this on YouTube, or I guess watching this on YouTube because YouTube is one with videos and such, um, thank you for looking at our silly faces. Don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff that every one of us tells you to do. Um, and if you're listening to us on a great. podcast network, be sure to leave us a review. That is uh, the way that other people help to uh, hear us also. So share us with people. Share yeah. us with your friends. Share us with your enemies, maybe. If you're looking for a little more Send of us, uh, follow us on all of the social medias. I'm at NerdJive everywhere. I've got all of them. And she's at Goddess Jewels everywhere. She also, what with, got all of them. That's right. So mostly Instagram and TikTok. Mostly Instagram and TikTok. It's been a busy fair. few weeks, uh, but I'm hoping to get back into a regular schedule of posting new little bite-sized videos soon. Yeah. This is not our day job, unfortunately. No. Um, so sometimes our day but jobs get in the way. Speaking of making it our day job, why not support us on Patreon? Smooth transition. Ooh, that was nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we did not. It's not nice that. if you recognize it. Um. <laughs> yeah, it would have been way more smooth if you didn't say anything. Hey, I, honestly, so... I'm surprised that I even remembered to do it. But so if you would like to support more witchy stuff like this or have gain access to the Book of Shadows pages, support us on Patreon. Um, yep. uh, we would like to give a thank you shout out to our patrons. First thing, that's Alan Miranda. Uh, Helena, Mackenzie, and Alexa. You yep. guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you're you the best. for helping us do what we do and a little bit better every time. Yep, you're the best. We're learning and growing. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, let's just get let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's, get uh, let's get to it. Yeah. So this episode is uh, the best holiday of the year. My favorite holiday, like ever since I was a kid, yeah. uh, technically Halloween, but we are talking about Samhain today. Yeah. So as part of our uh, Sabbath 101 series, this is uh, Samhain 101, so yeah. we're going to be talking some basics about Samhain. So Samhain is the third and final harvest festival. It takes place on October 31st. Uh, technically, this one goes from sundown October 31st to sundown on November 1st, but much like with everything else, whenever we tell you about this stuff, I mean, if you can't do it on the 31st and you can only do it on the 30th, like we're doing like We're going to do it on the 30th, um, yeah. Or you can't do it until Party a week after, a then, yeah, like, do it then. <laughs> there, No one is out there policing you, saying you can't do, you have to yeah. do sound on a specific day. And if they are, don't, don't listen to them. That's dumb. Yeah. And for those of you listening in the Southern Hemisphere... Um, that good date luck. is April 30th. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how time works south of the equator. I know toilets flow backwards, and even that might be a lie. The 90s, <laughs> honestly, a lot of the shit that I learned as a kid in the 90s, I'm starting to find out was a lie um, or a half-truth. So I think that's uh, I think that's wrong. So I think relative the coolest doubt. part about this one for the Southern Hemisphere means this they basically get two Halloweens because they celebrate Halloween... Uh, 
on Halloween if that particular country celebrates Halloween, right? Yeah, like and Australia then, probably celebrates Halloween. Yeah, probably. I don't yeah. know. Any Australians out there? Tell yeah, us. Yeah, if you're Australian, tell us if you celebrate um, Halloween in October or in like April. And then uh, I think that it would probably be October, right? Uh, but for those, but like if you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're doing a Halloween and Samhain, then you could basically celebrate twice. Yeah. Well, so it's I like mean, I guess Halloween and, and like half It's got to be in like... In my mind, it would be in April because April would be going into fall. And yeah. like flower Halloween, regardless of the fact that it sounds gangster. I feel like springtime um, Halloween sp- sounds yeah, rad. Yeah, spr- springtime Halloween sounds rad, but like it's not all pumpkins and ghosts and, and like. I'm sure it's days. pumpkins and ghosts, maybe a less pumpkin spice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us about <laughs> Halloween in the Southern Hemisphere. If you're from there or if you have experience with that, that would be super interesting. We are. This is a, we're trying, we're all, we all want to learn. So sharing is caring, like do that. Yeah. Now, um, October 31st was picked because it is a date that is about halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Um, it's not like the ancients had a calendar and they're like October. Hey, you look, tomorrow is ye old October 31st. Time to do the salad. That's not how that. That's not how that worked. Um, So they just kind of picked a day that worked for them. Um, And salad really is the most popular and widely known pagan holiday, thanks to a ton of mentions in movies and books and TV and a variety of other pop culture things. I think the earliest thing that I was subjected to that was like Samhain related, like specifically Samhain and not like, which is Halloween um, was (laughs) Halloween three because Halloween three is Is, like uh, the Samhain. Is the like witchy, witchy Halloween movie. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And that one is filmed just a few hours North of us, which is pretty dope. I guess... Although the movie itself, not super great. <laughs> I don't I don't know that, that... Like, to me, there's always been the, like, undertone of paganality mm-hmm. or heathenry to Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, and we've talked about this before. I didn't really have, like, a, like a, like a broom closet. Yeah. You know, quotes that I had to be in. Um, bloody making hand quotes to a podcast, guys. It's cool. It's been a great day already. Um, so, but like, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably didn't know that it was called Samhain for a long time. And I certainly didn't call it Samhain for a long time. Right. Um, you know, so there's that difference. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, historically, Salon Halloween's was... kind of always been... Pay- it's like, it's Halloween. It's a... It's Halloween, Go. To, we're going to do trick-or-treating at the church. And you're like, yeah, pay a treat at a church. That works out all the time. <laughs> Whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, historically, Samhain was really only celebrated in uh, certain areas in the UK. Yeah. So it's a very Celtic type oh, of yeah. festival. Oh, yeah. Samhain um, is sort of like the... Like, I would almost say that Halloween is the most generalized term or like normalized term. Yeah. And Samhain is like pretty commonly referred to for the thing and man i did not look it up beforehand but there is a name for the norse holiday i will look it up on my phone while we are sitting here talking <laughs> while you're talking but um i i know the 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 norse blot it has a different name than Samhain. yeah yeah um, well but what it is exactly man, there are other cultures in a variety of places around the world that celebrate something like what we know today um, as Halloween or Samhain. We're not going to be particularly talking about those, but we will be talking about those in the future so that we can kind of hone in on what other people are doing, kind of like what we did with the uh, Mabon 101 post. So 
the cool thing about um, this is this is another really, really old kind of a celebration. So there are some Neolithic passage tombs that are aligned with the sunrise on what we now know as October 31st. Um, and we talk a lot about passage tombs and that sort of thing in our um, episode five, which deals with Imbolc. Um, it's pretty interesting. Basically, they are earthen, um, like earthen structures that have a entrance and the entrance has a very specific orientation to the sun. And when the sun rises on that specific day, it illuminates the shaft of like the hallway, the entrance shaft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of, um, of these passage tombs in a, but only for like a very specific time. And we're not even entirely sure what these passage tombs were for. We have found some that people were buried in, but we've also found some that nobody at all ever was probably buried in. So those date back as far back as like 10,000 BC. The Neolithic period went from 10,000 to 4,500 BC. So, um, I mean, that's like thousands of years people have been celebrating a festival around this time of year, which I think is really cool. Uh, although the first mention of Samhain is uh, from the first century um, BCE in the Gaulish Cologne calendar. Um, they mention a, uh, a particular date that seems to coincide with a month that seems to coincide with Samhain. It's ancient stuff. It's all very weird. It all gets very stuff, weird. But in the ninth century common era, they, um, the Christianization of Europe was happening. Drinking game. Now you guys yeah, can right. make your drink. We will do the same. Yeah. Mold wine. We made mold. She made mold wine. I made mold wine just I for this. I set up cameras and lights and dialed in color tonality and and i got to play with kitchen witchery potentially this isn't <laughs> gonna look good so <laughs> yeah maybe you're welcome i don't know until i'm done editing it which is kind of a nightmare to record like a single stop like hour and a half we've thing. never this is something we've this is the first time we've ever done it like full trust that jonathan knows how he set stuff up properly so let's hope Fingers crossed. Yeah. So in the ninth century common era, um, the Christianization of Europe was pretty much in full swing and they syncretized the holiday, meaning they brought the pagan holiday in line with the more Christian holidays and essentially renamed it into All Saints and All Souls Day and sort of had it be two of those. And we're not going to talk too much about those. That's for a future episode. Um, but it has been celebrated for a very, very long time. Yeah. What was the name of the yeah. Norse? So, okay, so the Norse holiday is alpha blot which is the uh sacrifice to the elves mm. um and this is this is generally it generally happens between like the autumnal equinox and the winter solstice so obviously it happens around halloween uh generally it's a three-day thing so it's like the 28th through the first of november yeah um and and we always do that i i have ritual for this but it's one of those things that like i just haven't Pulled it out. We've been busy. I was literally like working in the rain all day. So, cause we're having like a bunch of downpour and I'm just like, I gotta get stuff cleaned up. Bro. So I was working in the yard in the rain all day. Didn't have a chance to do any of that research, yeah. but, um, yeah. So, and we've, we've celebrated alpha plot before when yeah. we have our, 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 um, our Sabbaths. Our Sabbaths. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely. So there, yeah, there cool. is just because it's not like, like alpha blot isn't a well known celebration like within our friend group if i said like we're having alpha blood celebration they would be like oh what the fuck is that right but like Samhain is like the most known w version of saying it so we say like we're having a Samhain ritual and halloween party like when we're when we're hosting a thing yeah. 
you know, so that way, like, everybody kind of understands what we're doing. And, of course, like, we, you know, like, if people don't want to participate in the ritual portion or whatever, like, that's fine. We're not, like, like, you know, force people to do things our way. Mm-hmm. In fact, we celebrate differently. She does her Samhain thing, and then I do my Alpha Blot thing, and then she finishes up the Samhain thing. Yeah. And, like, we're, honestly, we're probably just going to set up tables outside and carve pumpkins with, like, power tools. Um, you know. Or, or paint them. Or paint yeah. them, or whatever. Um, for, uh, the season. So, like, yeah, like, you can always kind of mix and match stuff that fits your, like, sort of community group. Yeah, because who doesn't want to do, like, some witchy shit and also a craft? Like, as an adult, all I want to do is crafts. I mean, as a kid, all I want to do is crafts, too. We're going to watch probably, like, the Creepshow series or something. We'll put on something that can, like, last all day. Yeah, yeah, or something, like, fairly... Innocuous. Fairly, fairly innocuous. Innocuous. We are huge horror movie connoisseurs, oh uh, but we have a lot of friends who are not. Super who are like, keen oh, what horror. is that? What is that horror comedy? I don't know about that. It's pretty spoopy, and you're just like, no, we, we watch all of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's pretty cool that Alpha Blot is the um, is like a like a ritual where you basically sacrifice to the elves. Yeah. Because really, sort of the main theme about Sal about Samhain is that it is a, a, a liminal festival. The veil is thin at this time of year. You hear that often. Yeah. And elves in the Norse tradition can be likened, although they are not direct like translations of the fae and more celtic type of things and as um our uh five listeners know uh, i am huge into working with the fae so it was believed that during this time of year the boundary between this world and the spirit world or the fae world or both worlds um is thin and this makes it so it's easier to communicate with the dead and spirits and deities and the fae add that into the time of year that this is in the northern hemisphere um where you know it's fall and summer is gone but you can still feel like it's essence um you know you like in the morning have to have a coat and then midday it's hot and then you're like what the hell and then by the time it's evening you're like it's cold again ah i'm turning on the heater for the first time in the you know during the summer like that kind of thing so you're really sort of experiencing the dying of summer. And uh, I think that that definitely lends to it wanting to cozy up and having dark be, you know, having the daytime be so short and having nighttime be so long definitely all helped to this. It was believed that um that the dead would visit the would visit their old homes during this time of year as well as that the fae would come and have parties and troop through the house. Uh, so there's a lot of, um, a lot of sort of traditions that deal with that. Um, one of the, one of the ones that I do not recommend is an older, uh, Celtic tradition of leaving your doors unlocked. So that way if the fae are dancing around in the middle of the night, they can just like open your door and then go through your house and then go the door. Mm -hmm. We don't live in a time where it's safe to keep your doors unlocked. Yeah. Don't, don't, so don't, don't do that one. But one that you can do is is uh, what's called a mute dinner or a dumb supper. So um, it it was a pretty common practice knowing that the dead were going to be like wandering around, (laughs) potentially visiting their old places that they live. Yeah. Faffing about um, tinkering, puttering around. Um, So people would 
um, you know, like set their table and they would leave a whole like seat. So a chair and a placemat and plates and the whole shebang. And then they would also plate out a dinner for the dead. So a full plate of food and then just leave that at the table, not only while you're eating, but generally after you're eating and you throw it out in the morning so that if there are any ancestors or other spirits that come to visit, they would have something to sustain themselves. It's essentially it's good hospitality. If you know guests are coming, you know, yeah. get some sort of snack prepared, basically. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> prepare a snack for the dead. Um, but, like, not doing this would also generally mean that you would be angering those spirits. And um, that could mean bad luck for the coming winter. I don't think the spirits are quite so concerned about that. Um, but it is definitely a fun thing to do. And when you think about it, if you leave out offerings, particularly um, those on an altar, it's not far off from doing that. It's just sort of like, and taking what you do regularly by leaving like offerings on an altar and then amping that up by a couple of notches. You know, yeah. you're setting a table, you're placing the linens, they have a seat that they can sit down in, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But people also left food outside, too. So they left food outside to appease we, the we, no, we normally leave a plate outside Yeah. Um, when we do a ritual like this. So Yeah, we normally leave a plate outside for any wandering forest spirits, and there yeah. are many forest spirits yeah. where we are. Yeah. Whether it's forest spirits <laughs> or the fae or outgarths or elves or... Or um, random animals that wander by. We do make sure that whatever we leave yeah, out we, isn't Yeah, we're not leaving out, like, chocolate animals. cake and shit. Like, we always leave out... We have a lot of... A lot of nature around. Yeah, us, we got so. a lot of nature around us. Got to keep, got to keep, keep an eye on that. Make sure it's safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you do leave food out, especially unattended, make sure that you're not leaving out something that any animals that were to wander by would um, would be poisoned by. So that's whether you're leaving it inside or outside. You know, definitely keep in mind that because it's pretty cool to do these things as like a celebration. But you know, don't you know, like try not to harm anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. This was also a time of year that they would move livestock from the summer pastures to the winter pastures. And as you're getting into winter and you have to like really be careful with your food stores, you're thinking about which livestock you're going to keep alive over the winter and which livestock you're going to cull and either sell for money or to feed your family for the rest of the winter. So they would typically choose which livestock would be culled for food then. So this is definitely a feasty holiday, but this is more of like an at-home feast yeah. rather than like a traveling sort of feast like we talked about with the Lunasa episode where you have like basically an outdoor potluck and everybody's hanging out and partying and eating. This one's a little bit more like chill and like reserved you're like hey winter's coming it's a low-key party time yeah yeah chill boy parties chill boy party chill boy parties yeah poities poities yeah poities for the chill boys so even though it doesn't seem like it costumes and trick-or-treating also happened in the ancient times and there's a ton of ideas for like Dude, where people you want, think this you came want from. full nightmares all right Look up any old-timey shit. Clowns are creepy. Old-timey clowns. Just fucking nightmare. Just the most yeah. nightmare stuff you've ever seen in your life. Look up old-timey children's costumes. 
Oh, they're Holy horrifying. Heck, oh my God. Man, it is it is like worse than anything any horror. I have no horror movie I've seen has had a monster creature or like like otherwisely spooked up ghost anywhere yeah. close to like a 12-year-old in the like 1800s being like this was standard issue costume and you're like that's the shit out they're of They're like, like look mom, I'm a clown. Love, and you're love just craft like ah. nightmares. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so creepy. Look up, uh, look up, look up old timey costumes. Those are a bloody nightmare. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So there's like a ton of different origin stories for why people use costumes or why people go um, door to door trick or treating uh, nowadays. But I'm going to really kind of simplify that because I do a whole episode on just that. Yeah. Well, and uh, it's it's. Like a great many things, it's one of those like I heard that we started trick or treating because of this, yeah. Or I heard that we started trick or treating because of that, and because of the this or thising and thatting, um, there's not a lot of hundred percent answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we've talked about in most episodes, like there's not the further back you go, the less information there is. Yeah. Um, and that's not because things didn't exist, but just because it's hard to preserve stuff over time like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that people will be thinking the same thing about us right oh, now. They're going to be so like confused about what the stuff that's going on with us right now. Yeah. They're going to be very confused. They're going to be like, why are these guys all stupid about a bunch of dumb stuff? And you're like, well, they were idiots, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oftentimes when <laughs> I... Probably I'm... aliens helped them build it. You know? <laughs> Trust me. They're going to believe it was aliens. Yeah. Oftentimes when I'm uh, feeding the chickens, when I make bone broth, I put all the, bo- I put all the bones into like a crock pot and I... Um, put them on slow cook for like two days. And then after that, I like strain all the bones out, but the bones still have like, there's still like some meat on there and it's cooked and it's like food safe and everything. So rather than just throw it in the trash, I give it to the chickens. And some of the bones are like soft enough that the chickens can just pick apart and eat the whole thing. And some of them, they just pick the bits off. So there are inevitably some like bones that survive the chickens picking at it. And I often think about like, I wonder what thousands of years in the future, some archeologist is going to think about the chicken coop because like, there's a ton of bones there. I want like, that's just me feeding my animals in the most lazy way possible. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not picking up these bones afterwards. I'm just putting more hay on top. So it's just becoming part of the earth. Um, and I often wonder, like, I wonder if they think there's going to be like animal sacrifices or, you know, something like that. Not even in hundreds of years. I mean, it could easily be one of those things where it's just like, Hey man, why, uh, why, why is there a pile of bones in that cage? You're like, oh, I'm feeding it to my chickens. And they're like, that's maybe not a better answer. <laughs> right, because, like, normies don't know how, like, raising chickens and shit works. So, you know, a lot of people don't want to see how the sausage is made for a... Uh, well, and for chickens will words. eat basically everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're dinosaurs. Yeah, 100%. ours don't eat mice, but there are some chickens that will just, like, eat whole mice. Yeah, yet. Ours don't eat mice yet. If the mice fuck with the chickens enough, they will. That is Our true. roosters are huge. Uh, well, one rooster is one huge. One of them is huge. And one of them is tiny. But very vicious, more vicious. I don't know about vicious. He, but he well, does he have he's, cute little he thinks he's legs. the most gangster chicken. He does think he's... He's just like, what's up? And you're like, you are the size of a football dog. Come at me. He's bro. not the smallest chicken... But he is he's the, he's the he's smallest rooster we've had. The smallest rooster we'll probably ever have. And he's so sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he when he gets cranky, I pick him up and hold him and wander around the yard while I do stuff with him underneath my arm. And he 
hates it. And then before I put him down, I give him like chicken scratch. So like, like the thing, like chicken candy, like the thing they want the most. And he is so angry, but he like begrudgingly eats it. He's just like looking at me like, I don't want to eat this, but I have to eat but it's delicious so i'm going to yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um anyway so costumes and trick-or-treating there's tons and tons of information about origins out there and we're going to talk about some real basic stuff i'm not going to go super deep into it so if you're hearing this or really any of the other origin stuff that we're kind of talking about here um there's a ton to cover and i could spend an entire episode just doing one thing so i'm just kind of trying to like shrink this down so that as time goes on we can talk about things more in depth depth also i am only one person and researching this stuff takes a very long time yeah so well, and if you have like a different origin story or like you've heard it differently tell us in the comments oh, yeah. go to absolutely. the comments and tell i us. would absolutely love to hear what you think your origin yeah. stories are after our persephone episode one of our patrons um told us what her persephone abduction story that she heard was and it was fascinating totally i different. really really love to hear that kind of stuff so if you do have different origins for this kind of stuff Stuff, please let us know and as always if we're pronouncing anything wrong please also let us know i am one person doing research trying to figure out how google says something should be said and that's not a very easy task so anyways costumes and trick-or-treating so originally people would go door-to-door singing or telling jokes or reciting verses so like uh, poetry or limericks or, or that sort of thing. Um, and they would do that in exchange for food or drinks or candy. Think of it like, like fall wassailing because wassailing, you're basically going door to door singing in exchange for treats, but you're you singing know, carols. Keeps saying that it's in exchange for treats, but the way that I've always looked at it is a bunch of strangers just walked up to your door and started singing at you and you were paying them in booze to shut the fuck up and go away. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what it is which is the way that yeah. I always which which for wassailing doesn't make any sense because it's like everybody wants to hear it but for trick or treating <laughs> very makes sense right where you're just like ah oh, trick or treat let me tell you some jokes and you're like listen if I give you candy would you maybe not because I have stuff to do <laughs> it's Tuesday leave please so that's sort of the trick or treating part uh, but also the it may have partially grown out of a custom where in order because all the dead are are wandering or faffing about or wandering around this time of year you know looking for something to to haunt or to hang out at yeah. or just whatever um so people would try to basically fool the dead or fool the fae in order to protect themselves from them because if you if you were just like walking home from work or whatever and some spirit saw you and was like, hey, that looks like a person I should follow. Um, Then that spirit, even though has no ties to you, could follow you and then haunt you and then cause your family harm. I mean, I guess they could also cause your family not harm. They could haunt you with luck. Yeah, they could haunt you with luck. They could haunt you with, like, I don't know, good tidings or something. Sweet Uh, 80s vibes. 1780s vibes. Sweet 1780s vibes. Um, So people would try to fool the dead or sort of like hide from them, right? So they would would dress up. They would dress up as something other than who they were. They would um, sometimes wear their own clothes inside out. This was primarily something that started if you were out after dark because spirits daytime, not so much. Spirits nighttime, Definitely. Yeah, right. Of course, yeah. So Nighttime, when you sort of take spooky. these things together, you've got <clears throat> you've got roving bands of people 
who are like going around telling jokes and singing songs who are dressed up all crazy like to fool the dead and you're supposed to give them a treat. Now, eventually this sort of morphed into a situation where it was like people in costumes and some and as time went on it became more oriented to kids in costumes because what kid doesn't want a costume? <laughs> um and it would be the trick or yeah, treat thing true. was is they would get to the door and the and the kids would ask the homeowner trick or treat and the and the person that was the home would decide so treat so if the kids came up there they're like trick or treat or, or the homeowner is like trick or treat the kids are like i want a trick they would come inside and the people inside of this house would then try to guess what costume the kids were dressed up as probably something more interested in the horrific costume times um of yeah. the 1800s and early what do you 1900s. think i'm dressed up as you're like i don't know Sleep apnea, <laughs> dream demons, paralysis monsters. I don't know. What is this? I don't want it in here anymore. Yeah. I, and of course, if. Can the... I change my answer to candy? <laughs> Let me just give you candy. And of course, if they said treat, they would, you know, like get a treat. It wasn't until later that like candy became the thing. It was originally like bread. Like you would make Party like broth. like little bread or like soul cakes, which are kind of like um like a muffin yeah. uh sort of um and then it became sort of like cookies well, and yeah, then it's pre sugar once you, being yeah, cheap once enough you get to, to cookies then candy's a very easy thing. But like in the old timey times, having sugar was like not easy and especially having like refined sugar yeah. for these sort of things i remember when honestly, i was honestly trick-or-treating and if they were giving out like like good hearty stew that wouldn't be a bad move i but would trick-or-treat for beef stew i would trick-or-treat yeah. for stew yeah the last year we lived in the city we gave um our trick-or-treaters a choice of candy or top ramen yeah um and some of them chose both it was great yeah. people were very excited yeah yeah um, one parent was like was like get some candy for you but like bring me some top ramen is that cool and we're like yeah that's fine we'll, yeah and whatever. one kid he, he must have been like 12 he was like, can I have two ramens? And I was like, absolutely. I don't, yeah. like, take, take two. We, had, we, were, we, were, the, we they, were the box of Top Ramens, box of full-size candy bars. <laughs> yeah. And the kid house. was like, oh, thank you so much. My dad wanted to come out trick-or-treating really bad. This kid had, like, a younger sibling, too. Um, like, my dad wanted to come out trick-or-treating really bad, but, like, he broke his leg, and he's on a crutch, and it was, like, raining. So it was like he can't come trick-or-treating. Yeah. And, and he was like, and this ramen points at, chicken top ramen is his favorite so they so he brought him home top ramen so yeah. whoever you are dad who you're may welcome. or may not have been a lie um <laughs> you're welcome for that top ramen yeah um but yeah i remember when i was like much much younger i was reading uh the boxcar um book children. series the boxcar children book series yeah. and in that they talk about having like sugar like white sugar and it made cookies that and they were they bought white flour and it made like star cookies and they were like white cookies and now that's just like every cookie you make is that color yeah um you know but like now prior we're to that colors back into cookies. yeah now we're adding colors back in um so you know that was kind of like a big thing then so it you know you can definitely see how that kind of like came about and sort of like evolved into this situation and of course, the these trick or treaters needed something to light their way. So you know what they did? Uh, bonfires. Every, no. Every twenty feet from here until the end of the earth. No, no, that's definitely not a great idea. Uh, no, they know. carved jack o' lanterns, and they carried them around with them. But they weren't jack o' lanterns. 
They originally carved turnips and beets with little faces and then put like a, a, a small tea candle in, it, yeah. in them. Uh, and they carried those around whilst they That's significantly more impressive, but also sadder. I want nightmare 18th century children to be carrying around full-size pumpkins. Well... Big, big <laughs> pumpkins. I mean, really, it was kind of like they carved whatever they could, like, right? So they would carve, like, like pumpkins and gourds and stuff, but, like, in the areas where this stuff was common, like, you had a lot of turnips. Yeah. And beets. Um, but now, I, like, I really want to get, like, a beet from the store and carve it. Like we have, we had a friend a couple of years ago carve a pineapple, which is really cool. Or turnips, and then like when you hang them, they turn into like shrunken heads. Yeah, that would be really dope. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we'll look up some stuff and then pick one up tomorrow when we go to the store. Uh, And they were generally carved like faces, and the idea behind that is that they either the faces either a scared off evil entities because remember they're roaming the world, they're roaming the night. Yeah, and we are wandering around and reciting limericks and singing songs probably drunkenly whilst we well, wear costumes I mean, or our clothes inside oh, out while kids. we go door to door. Unless they're kids, then they're probably not drunk. I mean, maybe. This was the old times. The old times were weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, they also may have represented the souls of supernatural entities. So, like, particularly if you had them, like, in your home on a windowsill, you know, maybe you're sort of lighting the way for, you know, great aunt Morgana to to come back and hang out, you know, yeah. um, and Edna's pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, um, and also um, some people think that the idea behind doing these mimicked the um, the lights that would appear in in the peat bogs in the areas in the UK where that's sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, now that's not just peat bogs that that happens in kind of any swampy area has those like mysterious lights yeah, that ball, are ball like. Lighting. Yeah, that are like some sort of form of science. Um, I don't know what it is. It's, That's fine. That's yeah, fine. It's just, it's mysterious lights. Um, every time I think of that, I think of Lord of the Rings. So I can't handle it because I'm just are like, the there's dead elves the down there. Yeah, man. There's a part where they go through the dead marshes. And when they go through... Is that in the movies? Yes, it is. It's the huh. part where there's like the dead people underwater. I'd and the dead people try to pull them in. No. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. The dead marshes. There's dead elves and dead men under there. It was a huge battle. Nobody really won. It was that kind yeah, of thing. I mean, that's maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the Lord of the Rings that way. <laughs> Blasphemy! It's all right. It's all right. Instead, instead of whatever, four books, I've got however many hundreds and thousands of hours of Star Trek. Locked up in here, serving no purpose whatsoever. There's many more than four books, but that's okay. It's not a divorceable offense. Yeah, four books, yes. five books, however many books you got. All the books. Nine books? That, no, we're not going to do those. Yeah. Um, Star Trek books. I'm sure there are. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> now, um, as we said before, Halloween was kind of like a, Samhain was kind of like a chill event. Most people just sort of like either went around fall wassailing or 
they stayed at home and hung out. Um, and for those people that stayed at home and hung out, divination was a very, very popular thing to do um, for this particular holiday. You know, you think about it like the weather's getting cold, it's kind of inclement, maybe it's raining, maybe it's not. Either way, maybe you don't really want to be outside. Um, and divination, like, why not? Like, you're basically locked in a, in a house with a bunch of people. Why not? make it weird. Yeah. So the most common forms of um, divination stuff tied to Samhain were really about marriage, like who you're going to marry, um, and death, when you're going to die, or things that are going to happen in the future. So like generally between now and the next Samhain, so in the next year. Uh, and some of the common things have to do with food stuff. So it's just after harvest. We've still got a bunch of food. We're kind of getting willy-nilly with it. So we're going to do some apple bobbing. Now, apple bobbing kind of goes in two different forks here. Apple bobbing kind of goes one where it's like you put the apples in the tub and then whoever catches the apple with their teeth is the first person to marry. Now, if you don't have a tub of apples, you put an apple on a stick and you hang that from the ceiling. And then you try to catch that apple also with your teeth, but only one apple for the whole group of people. And whoever catches that apple is the first one to marry. Yeah. Not very COVID safe. <laughs> have you ever bobbed for apples? I have. That's also not very, not very plague safe. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, what, well, whatever. Who fucking cares about that, right? But, I mean, the act of bobbing for apples all on its own is a uh, fucking nightmare. It's awful. Yeah, the it's best thing you can do is hope to maybe snatch, like, a stem in your teeth. Yeah. That's yeah, the... It's, it's not easy. I've never been particularly... I mean, I've only done it a few times as a I'm kid. But. Yeah, same. I am certainly not gifted at bobbing for apples. Uh, now, another thing that you could do with apples, whether or not you bobbed for them or just had them around, is you could place the apple underneath your pillow, and um, that night you would dream about who you would Wake marry. up with a crick in your neck because you have a fucking apple under your a pillow. A whole apple. Yeah, yeah, right? You could also peel that apple and then throw those peels on the ground and then whatever like letter those form would be the initial of the person that you would marry. Mm -hmm. You can kind of see there's like a theme here because you know, back in the old times, that was a very important thing. What else are you going to talk about? You don't have TV. Yeah. You don't have game of Thrones. Yeah. Most people didn't read. Um, so yeah. Another really popular one that I thought was really cool. It actually pops up in a variety of different modern celebrations, but not necessarily about Halloween is, um, baking bread or a cake and putting small toys in it. Yep. So you would do that and you would place small toys or coins or, you know, whatever kind of a symbol was. So like uh, a single almond or a cake. It's just a ball of nails inside of some cake. And they're like, that one means death. Yeah. You're not going to make it. <laughs> they're like, I see. I think you're going to get tetanus within the year. Um, so you would bake bread or a cake and then you would put small toys or coins or whatever the, the, the business is. And then, um, you would bake it. And then after that, people would be given the slices at random and whatever you got would signify what would happen to you during the next year. So if it was like coin, you would come into some money. If it was like a ball of nails, tetanus. If it was like yeah. a tiny plastic baby, like those ones that you get at baby showers where they put them into ice cubes and then you have to carry it around like it's some sort of fun thing, then you would be have a baby. Um, within the year. Oh, yeah? People do that? I don't know. The only baby I can think of, like, baby toy in a thing that I can think of is in uh, those 
Mardi Gras, those those uh, cakes, what with baby in? Yeah, that's that's uh, it's not a direct descendant of this, but the idea behind it is the descendant, it's and that one is yeah. like the person who gets the baby is like the good luck one. Yeah. But no, 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 like a baby showers, like a lot of people will take these stupid little plastic babies and put them into and freeze them in like ice cube trays, and then you have to carry the baby around until the ice cube melts, and whoever has the ice cube that melts first, they get to say, "Ah, my water broke," and then they get some sort of a price baby showers are very strange we'll probably cover like pagan stuff Weird like pagan that later baby showers. um that's not necessarily a pagan thing that's just a thing that i've yeah, been sure. to i've got a lot of co-workers that have had babies uh, <laughs> so that's one that you can do that's one that i've always thought about do- doing like baking stuff into bread um and i just never end up doing it in yeah. the before times we would always have a loaf of bread that i call festival bread and it's like braided and it's pretty and you just sort of like pull off pieces and and eat them like not like monkey bread but um thinking about that now as we're all still wearing masks is like a little bit of a horrifying idea well now you do it <laughs> now you do it but like in a muffin tin yeah so there's individual muffins. So you just have one that you get to pull apart yourself. Yeah. 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 So that's one that I always think about doing and then always completely <clears throat> forget about doing until it's too late. Yeah. Um, and then there's also Umancy. Do you know what Umancy is? No. Umancy. I mean, my guess would be it's the raising of ooze. Is it cow necromancy? <laughs> no. No. But it is a barnyard animal. There you go. Yeah. So Umancy is the practice of. Um, doing divination by using eggs. Mm. And there's a variety of different ways that you could do it, but the common one that, that ties to Samhain is cracking an egg into a glass of water. And then traditionally you would see whatever shape the letter looked like, and that would be the initial of the person you would marry. However, as time went on, it became more common to just look at the shapes to determine the future, just kind of like how you would do tea leaves. Yeah. So you just like crack that egg in there, and then the egg white gets all like, woo, uh, and then you use that as your divination tool. Mm. Which is actually super fun. I find that that one's a really interesting one. That is interesting, yeah. Yeah, and you could also do it in broth. That way you could now eat the egg. So that you're not just, like, wasting an egg. Will you shoot that egg back, bro? Get gains, dog. Ooh, no, I'm definitely <laughs> not going to drink a raw That's, egg. It's so gross, That's man. That's so gross. Right? Oh, yeah. That's weird. so gross. It's like weird 90s, early 2000s, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack three eggs into this cup, shoot them back before no. I lift weights. Mm-mm. Like, dog, I mean, maybe people still do that. Mm-mm. I don't know. Nowadays, I feel like every, everybody's on the protein powder craze. But, um, yeah, it's Mm-mm. gross. Raw eggs are fucking gross i have definitely shot back a few fair few raw eggs in my day and uh and they're gross every one of them's gross honestly i barely like cooked eggs yeah sometimes and you also don't like uh you don't don't, like oysters i don't want a runny yolk in an egg and you don't like raw oysters Mm -mm. and you don't like undercooked eggs they have to be like i'm I'm not i'm not pro fucking gross slimy shit yeah yeah. Yeah. Gross, <laughs> slimy chicken butt stuff. I don't need that, bro. Yeah. So if you want to do some oomancy, um, then just, like, find yourself a tea leaf um, reading dictionary. Just Google it. Uh, and then you can kind of use that as your symbols. And, of course, much like other things of divination, sometimes, um, you know, like a bird in there means whatever the bird says in the tea leaf dictionary. But sometimes it's just like, hey, you're going to see a bird. <laughs> And that's it, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> Likely story, so... Yeah, yeah. 
Um, there's also bonfires. So Halloween is kind of the uh, sister celebration to Beltane. So a lot of the things that happen in Beltane are kind of like Halloween, but the opposite, right? So in Beltane, there's a lot of bonfire stuff, a lot of jumping through bonfires for um, purifying and protection to yeah. banish evil. Um, and you really see the same thing here in Samhain as well. So bonfires are very common during this holiday, and people would also leap through them to um, protect themselves, their family, their cattle. Sometimes they would make two separate bonfires, and then they would walk through them because jumping over fire is not something that everybody wants to or should do. That's fair. And as always, be fire safe. Yeah, seriously. There's your other drinking game bit. Yeah, the fucking... Alright, I guess we'll we'll do the bonfire thing. Um, Have a fire extinguisher always with you for the bonfire. Have the right fire extinguisher also. Jesus Christ, you're an adult. Figure it out. Um, But also, uh, make sure that you're doing it like there's not a big tree above you. That you have the necessary stuff around you to be safe. Don't start a big old bonfire and then go inside of the house and let it just sit there. Like, you know, be safe when you're done with it. Put it out safely. Like, make sure that it's, like, fully smoted and whatnot. Yeah, also, maybe don't jump over one. Like... Yeah... You don't need to do that. Yeah, you don't. It's, you definitely. Don't I mean, need to do that. it makes real funny YouTube videos when people fall into bonfires because they're being idiots. But but man, we don't wish any of that on our. Don't do that. I don't want on our dear I, listeners. I don't. I don't want anybody to do that at all. But I'm definitely gonna laugh at the dumb ones about it. So <laughs> yeah. Just cope with um, that. Now, and it wasn't just bonfires, but fire is sort of sacred to this holiday because, as we talked about, this yeah. is sort of like the dying of summer. And yeah. when you think about it, like fire is is representative of the sun here and warmth and everything. And, um, you know, so that kind of like ties in and some homes oh. would extinguish their own hearth fire because generally in the old timey times, you always had a hearth fire going because you basically always had to have one going. Uh, and then you would, so prior to Samhain, you would like extinguish the hearth fire and then there would be a communal bonfire later that night and you would bring home a, a flamey torch from the communal bonfire, and then you would relight your hearth fire from that torch. Yeah. Uh, and then you would just sort of, like, go about your day. But some people also would take candles, and they would have those burning all night so that they can uh, purify and protect and banish evil, but also to lead the good spirits home because sort of like a signal fire they would know where you are if you've got a candle in the window. Mm -hmm. And um, I do not recommend leaving a candle lit all night. Um, Like we just said, don't leave flames unattended. If you want to have a candle lit all night, get a robot candle. Yeah, robot candles, totally fine. An image of a candle, also totally fine. That's fair, yeah. Candle screensaver on your computer, also fine. This flickery light up here behind me, that's just an LED light that screws into a regular light bulb holder. Flickers like a fire. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, do that shit. But yeah, be fire safe, man. We have those in sconces all around the house that yeah. we just kind of always leave on. So it's always, like, a little bit being by candlelight. It's very cool. Also, candles are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Now, it's not all about fire, either. On a particular um, island chain in Scotland, I learned that people would wade out into the ocean uh, until they were waist-deep on Samhain night. And then they would pour a pint of ale into the water and ask the Shoni, which is a local sea god, for blessings. 
um, for Halloween. So maybe also don't get swept away by the ocean. But yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool one. If you're a if you're a water witch of sorts and you are near a body of water, that is certainly something that you can do. If you can do it safely, yes. If you can do it safely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, a lot of people talk about how Samhain is witches' New Year. There's a lot of weird gatekeeping about this day. Like, oh, you dedicate yourself to your craft on Samhain and you have to like spend a year maybe and then like next Samhain you're full a witch there is none of that unless you want to follow that yeah. so which is new year i guess it could be a thing really i think that that has to do with some areas considered this to be a new year's festival that is that they considered that their year began when winter began and the end of harvest was the end of basically yeah. their year um but uh, and there's little historical evidence for this, really. Um, but in some places, it was also called New Year's. Um, and this can certainly make sense because the harvest is over. If you're a really agricultural community, that is you spend most of your year dealing with the harvest and with crops. So having that harvest be done is like a momentous occasion and is really sort of the end of a cycle. So. Like, it makes sense for it to be a new year, but the idea behind it being Witch's New Year is really primarily a more modern marketing sort of thing to get you to, like, buy a thing or watch a specific movie or get the spoopy vibes from something yeah. spoopy. You know, I don't know where that came from in, like, modern culture, um, but I bet you it was some sort of sting in a movie where they're like, oh... It's creepy. It must be the witch. And they're like, oh, the witch? And they're like, yes, Halloween night is witch's new year, and they're going to sacrifice your child that night, or something equally ridiculous. So I imagine that that's probably where that comes from. However... Yeah, I've literally never heard of this witch's if new year If you want to celebrate all. it as witch's new year, go for it. But don't let anybody gatekeep you or shame you into thinking yeah. that you have to, or that you need to, or that yeah. there's something else tied to it. And if you want to Talk if you want to hear more about us. Rant about toxic online uh, gatekeeping behaviors in the pagan community. We did an episode that's toxic uh, internet witchcraft. I don't remember which exact which episode number that is exactly, but it's a fairly recent one from this one, um, and we talk a lot about that sort of thing. So you do you witches yeah. and heathens. Yeah, it um yeah don't I mean like it's fine if you want to do a specific thing, but like don't make other people do that thing. Don't. You know, don't gatekeep and, and don't don't let gatekeepers put you down. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So um, how we celebrate. So we celebrate in a lot of ways. So Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. Growing up as a kid, my family went way into Halloween. I have a lot of costuming background, so I like making costumes and I usually have a costume for work because work usually does not want to dress up as the same thing that I want to dress up as. So I usually have two costumes that I do for that. I do this year as well. Um, one costume is going to be Queen Frostine from Candyland. Uh, that's my work costume. And then my non-work costume is uh, sort of like a 1920s rich lady. Um, because I went to a costume party that was a 1920s themed murder mystery. So I'm going to keep using that. Yeah. 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 So we do costumes. We also do, um, the Sabbath where we invite friends and family to kind of hang out and do, uh, crafts and sort of celebrate yeah. the season. Pumpkin carving. Pumpkin carving. Food, listen to music. We only watch horror movies with the exception of Star Trek and wrestling. Um, <laughs> but we only watch horror movies for the whole movies, month of October. 
So we've been watching horror movies this whole time. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, so when we do our ritual, because uh, Julie and I uh, celebrate in different ways, uh, practice in different ways, however you want to say it. Uh, so normally she starts and like does her thing, and then I do my thing, alpha blot in the middle, and then she finishes her thing up to sort of wrap it all up. And mm-hmm. we have like a fire, you know, and and whatever, you know, kind of do whatever, and then yeah. I just have, kind of have friends and family over until everybody leaves, and then it's like put out the fire, clean up the house, clean everything up, go to bed. Yeah. You know, wake yeah. up the next day. So we do suffer. feasts, we leave out offerings to the ancestors, to the fae, we like to do sort of crafts um, and hang out with that, but we really kind of make Samhain's into less of a night, more of a season. Yeah. And we sort of incorporate that stuff um, further. We dabble a little bit in some Day of the Dead kind of stuff. We dabble a little bit in a variety of different um, different faiths and cultures and beliefs and practices. So we sort of incorporate all of those things together. And, I mean, the cool thing about living in this house that we live in where we're, like, kind of out in the middle of the woods and we have a cabin and it's weird and is we just sort of leave up our decorations year-round. Yeah. So we're just kind of, like, Halloween time all the yeah, time. Yeah, there's always Halloween co- decorations up. Technically, we still have some Christmas ornaments up. Oh, but they're, like, antlers. So I don't know that that's super... They were just bells. cool. They're, like, cool bell and antler ornaments that I found. So we yeah. have those up. We still have, like, all of our... Oh, you can't see it in any of the video, but... We have all of our uh, Chinese New Year lanterns, the red lanterns, up in the house still. Um, This, like, spiderweb thing that you can kind of see barely ducking into view on the video uh, behind us. Uh, we have on like every single window, and it's like this. It's just like a cobweb thing that we got kit that, or a yeah, pack that we like got a, yeah, on it was just Amazon. Like a so pack. yeah, we always kind of vaguely have like every holiday represented somewhere in the house. You know, gourds up and about, and skulls. There's a lot of skulls. There's a lot of skulls in our house. Yeah, and we kind uh, of milk Halloween stuff all the way up into like. Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah, yeah. Halloween's pretty much like <laughs> October first through Thanksgiving. Really, well, it's, like, it's really like it's really when we get back from the Scottish August. games. Yeah, yeah. Like mid August all the way through like November. So we kind of we really kind of make it like a season, but yeah. we do do a lot of work with the Fay, and this is kind of a good time for that. Yeah, um, as well. So we do that now. One of the things that we do with our um, our rituals is. Uh, we usually always have a fire. It gets kind of cold out here at night, so we usually always have a, a fire um, that everybody sort of stands around for the ritual. And we usually do, um, we usually do manifesting or releasing type of spells. And Samhain is more of a releasing type of spell um, or type of season. So um, you know, we we ask that when people come to our rituals, that they can, if they want, they can bring something to release from their lives. Yeah, and. Um, um, that is sort of like another activity. Sometimes people um, will bring things that, um, you know, are like letters they want to burn. Um, we've had people bring um, small pieces of art yeah. that no longer Always, serve like, them. Safe Always stuff burn. that's okay to burn. Yeah, it's not you. like plastic. Um, no, you know, and we have like little pieces of something. paper. So that's another yeah. thing that we do. Yeah. Um, and it's also a really good time, really, for making wishes. So one of the things about New Year is you're letting go of the old, you're bringing in the new, and you can really incorporate that into Samhain, whether you have chosen to celebrate it as like a witch's New Year or not. So we wrote a couple of spells um, also for this, as per usual. Yeah. Um, and the first of these is the bay leaf wish spell. So the forest that we live in is like mostly redwood and bay trees. So yeah, it's we redwood have and California a bay. ton of bay. 
so much bay. It smells fantastic when it rains here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it is raining right now. Um, so for this one, you can use a fresh bay leaf off a tree if you have that capability. Or you can just use the bay leaves that you buy at the store. Yeah. There's really no big difference here. And this is a bay leaf wish spell. So you really only need two things for this spell. That's the beauty of this spell. It's very simple. You need a bay leaf, and you need something to write with. We usually use a Sharpie, um, but you could use pretty much anything that would write on yeah. a leaf. Metallic Sharpies, very cool on the leaves. Yeah, metallic Sharpies, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So think about what you want to wish for, whether that's getting rid of a bad habit or starting a new venture. But it should be something that you're really willing to do the work to see it happen and manifest. That's sort of the thing about... Um, wish spells and uh, and that sort of thing is you not only want to do the spell, but the spell really acts as a booster for your own actions. So, like, if you really want to wish for, you know, losing a bunch of weight or getting a new job or something like that, um, you need to also do the work. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do a spell and something's going to happen that helps with that intention, yeah. but it's going to be much more beneficial for you and easier to come by if you're also helping it along by doing things yourself. Um, so write your wish down on the bay leaf and then you're going to say a little thing. And of course, if you are closeted and saying something out loud doesn't really work very well or you're just not like an out loud speaking kind of witch, it's totally fine. You can say this in your mind space. Um, so as you write this on the bay leaf, say, wishes are words and my words are reality. You can say it once. You can repeat it as many times as you want. Um, and then once you are done and you feel like you've sort of charged that bay leaf with your intention, you can burn it. You can bury it. You can cast it into a body of water, like a river or an ocean. Uh, or you can also throw that thing in the trash um to activate the spell there's no reason that you have to go out somewhere and do a thing when you have trash that just comes to be picked up so as you get rid of the bay leaf say the charm again wishes are words and my words are reality and think about focus on the wish coming true and not just the act of it coming true, but how you are going to work to make it come true and how it'll impact you when it does, how you'll feel about that particular spell. So when that's sort of a key to charging things with intention is not just think about your end goal or repeat that in your mind, but imagine all of the facets of that. Imagine you working towards your end goal. Imagine how you're going to feel when it works. Imagine how it's going to affect your life. Imagine how it's going to change you imagine yeah. all of those things um, in whatever way that works best for you there are some people that don't have that seeing in their mind's eye sort of thing um, but you know you can still think about things yeah. you just don't necessarily see pictures yeah how does it make you feel um, <laughs> you know that sort of thing yeah so that is a bay leaf wish spell yeah, and we've done that before for Ritual, where we've just collected a bunch of bay leaves and, like, dried them so they're a little bit easier to write on. And uh, and then just brought out a bunch of Sharpies and let people write wishes on bay leaves. Mm-hmm. You know? And then cast them into the fire. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. yeah. That's always a good one. That's always a good one. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. It's super simple. It's very low-key. I love it. Now, the other spell that we have is for the Fae. So this is an attraction spell for the Fae. And this one, you'll need some string, thread, ribbon, yarn, whatever you want, 
um, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be tying it about. So, you know, maybe don't pick something like super odd, but something like that. So you're also going to want some wrapped assorted candy. Halloween candy is perfect for this. And if you've been looking for an excuse to buy some Halloween candy, I'm looking at you, anonymous listener, um, go buy yourself some Halloween candy. Again, with the caveat of if you have something that's out, make sure that you're not going to be poisoning any sort of animal that is in your space. Um, But also maybe keep an eye out for ants. So if it looks like it may attract ants, maybe pick a different candy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you're going to take your cord and you're going to tie a loop on one end. It doesn't have to be a very big loop, just a loop. Uh, And then you're going to tie each candy piece onto the length of your cord, leaving a bit of space between each candy, similar to how you would see a rope ladder. And these directions are purposely vague here because your little candy rope ladder can look however you want. You want to use two strings? Go for it. You want to use one string? That's fine too. You want to make decorative macrame knots around your candy? Go for it. You want to just like tie it as easily and simply as you can, that's totally fine. We're not judging anybody here. Uh, (laughs) Sexy yarn shibari Halloween candy. I'm just putting it out there. (laughs) Make it weird. So um, once you've got all of your candy on there, and you can use as many or as few pieces as you want. That is the beauty of the spell. And really most of the spells we try to write is we try to make them as easy to use and and universal as possible. Uh, Because it's not... For us, we found it's not the act of creating a large and elaborate ritual, although that is fun in its own right. But there's a lot of small magic bits that can be done where you don't have to have a lot of prep work for it, and that makes it a lot easier and accessible for people. So you've got your candy. It's got a loop on it. Now you're going to hang that loop with the candy on it in your personal space somewhere, however you want, wherever you want, in whatever way you want. Just hang that candy. In the middle of the room. like a fly like a fly tape yeah so hang the candy loop in your personal space and say flitting flittering and hovering hovering oh boy yeah flittering and hovering is difficult to say that was yeah i i was doing i was like thinking like i'm doing good i haven't stumbled over any words and then i thought that and immediately that happened okay anyway flitting and hovering at the edge of my vision fey folk as you enjoy this sweet treat let our friendship come to fruition Mary will we always meet and you can repeat it again as many times as you want and leave this up for as long as you like you may also want to refresh the spell with new candy from time to time to keep the fey interested but trust me they love candy they love shiny objects and they also love things they can play on yeah. Uh, so this is a great way to attract Faye into your life if you're looking to kind of figure out how to work with them, especially if you've listened to our other podcast, uh, Working with the Faye, and want to know more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So it's that time. Next up, correspondences. Correspondences. It's list reading time. <laughs> All right. So things that are... Things that have a correspondence for Samhain. Now, again, we're really only going over the highlights of these in this podcast. If you want the full list that is accessible on our Book of Shadows, which you can get through our Patreon. Yep, the Horn and Cauldron podcast tier on our Patreon. Join the Horn and Cauldron podcast coven. And if you have specific questions, definitely hit us up, either in the comments on the YouTube video, 
e- by email on our website or on any or of our social, social media, media channels. Yeah, We're totally. happy to answer any questions you may have totally. about correspondences. Totally. So animals that are associated with Samhain are um, bats and cats and werewolves. Think of Halloweeny animals. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, same thing for same thing really for all of these, but for colors also. So um, colors associated with Samhain would be black, green, orange, and purple. Yeah, all the colors that I do tie dye with. That's true. Because I primarily do Halloweeny colors with tie dye. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be so hard to do Christmas stuff, and we need to start doing that like, th- like this time. Or something like, like, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, rocks that are associated with Samhain would be amber, amethyst, moonstone, obsidian, oh. uh, selenite, all of those kind of like black ones or like orange ones or like purple ones. You guys yeah. seeing a theme here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, as for plants, uh, bay is actually um, associated with Samhain uh, as well as broom. Which is not necessarily an item, but also the item the broom is. But most old-timey brooms come from a plant called broom. Yeah. Um, so that is very heavily associated with Samhain. It's actually a fairly invasive species um, in North America. So if you find some broom, um, cut it down. Turn it into an actual Make it into broom. a real broom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cinnamon is also associated with this holiday, as well as foxglove, sage, straw flowers, and yarrow. As for food, really, seasonal foods is kind of the thing here. Um, so in particular, you're looking at apples. You're looking at Halloween candy. You're looking for corn, any sort of grains. Uh, persimmons are bit early for the season but they still definitely work uh pomegranates pork pumpkin and squashes and gourds and all of that other sort of stuff as for drinks if you're gonna drink something why not drink it mold add some spices <laughs> yeah man yeah and uh some deities that are particularly associated with uh Samhain would be hades hecate hell ishtar lilith Loki, Morrigan, Osiris, Persephone, and really any other any deity that's associated with the underworld or death or the harvest. And that's our correspondences. That's all the correspondences. Yeah. So uh, this has and that has been Samhain One Hundred and One. That's right. Yeah. Samhain that's a little bit, a little bit about Samhain. Uh, what do you do for Samhain? Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube. Um, Tell us. Bloody comment. comment below. Tell us what you do for Samhain. Or do you just do Halloween? Or do, like, do you like horror movies? Um, s- super double secret question. What's your favorite horror movie? Mine's As Above, So Below. I talk about it all the fucking time. Oof, that's so tough. Yeah, it's not. Uh, As it's Above, So, so Below is a perfect horror movie. It's so hard for me to try movie. to decide. First thing that popped into my head, The Fog, the old version from the 70s. Mm, 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 mm. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's yeah. As Above, So Below, and then it's like... Like, Evil Dead. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Like or like honestly anything with uh, any of the horror movies with him in it. Any of the any of the Bruce the Campbell, Sam Raimi Sam Bruce Raimi Campbell ones. horror yeah. movies. They're all so flipping good. You know, yeah. I mean the remake is good, but it's not the same. Dude. I also Bruce adore Campbell. the original Halloween. Yeah. 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 That one with the little pumpkin head kid. That's a really good. Oh, one. Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is a mm-hmm. really good one. 
My Bloody Valentine is good. Yeah, that one's more of a Valentine's Day. That is a Valentine's Day. We also recently watched Witches of Eastwick, and while not technically a horror movie, it has a ton of witchy overtones, and is something that I watched a lot as a kid and as as an adult watching this. I was like, my parents let me watch this? Yeah. yeah. It was very enjoyable. Uh, Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher... And um, Susan Sarandon. And Susan Sarandon, yeah. yeah. That's a good so one. Jack Nicholson of... is, is wild. So hammy. So hammy. So hammy. Yeah. All, All right. Ham. So uh, next time, our next one is uh, on modern Odinism. Yeah. So. And we're going to be focusing on sort of everyday ways to um, celebrate, celebrate, practice. practice. We're going to talk about like resources that I found that are super helpful um books and all that sort of stuff so we're just going to kind of talk about odinism um and it's going to be a lot more of me interjecting like what i've practiced and what i've found and you know problems that i've ran into and things like that and uh then also sometime this year when is i don't when is it in november um our one year anniversary is coming up up. i don't know when that is we're going to be doing a live show with q a so prepare your questions and that's going to be in December, yeah. so that's going to be December 5th or 6th. We have not decided whether we're doing Sunday or Monday on that yet. Bear with us. Yeah. Or, if a day works better for you than another, let us know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll just do it then, like whatever. We're ultimately flexible. Yeah, but, but yeah. So that's going to be questions. fun. Prepare your questions. We're going to go live. It's probably going to be a longer one, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, and if you're not sure if you can make it for the live stream, send in them questions. Yeah, send them in early. Yeah, that's totally go to our also. website, which is nerdrive.com, and you can contact us through there, of course, through our social media, by commenting on yep. YouTube, yep. Uh, and you can uh, leave us our questions leave us any questions you have for us there yeah so uh i have been john norgrove this has been julie norgrove this has been the horn and cauldron podcast Podcast. uh thank you for watching if you are listening to this on youtube don't forget to like this video comment below share subscribe ring the bell and do all that kind of stuff if you're listening to our podcast network uh subscribe to us and leave us a review so we know that you're listening and if you'd like to support more witchy content like this you can support us over on patreon by joining our patreon where you gain access to the book shadows pages which is going to have the fullest of correspondences, the spells, and all the fun graphic stuff that I do for those, yep. uh, as well as access to a um, a Discord a Discord server, server so you have much more direct conversational access with us and a monthly hangout. Yep, chat. and monthly hangout chats, uh, and uh, you can also support us over on Etsy, where we have an Etsy shop where mm-hmm. we sell like cool tie dyed stuff, as well as um, a variety of um, hand dyed embroidery flosses and yeah. yarn. We're yeah. just getting into yarn. We're doing very so exciting. we're doing a lot of like, hand dyeing stuff and things like that. So that's fun and that is Norgrove Enterprises on Etsy. But all the uh, links again you can find yeah, on our website. All the links are everywhere so don't worry about that. Uh, either way we will catch you guys next time. Stay witchy folks. Yeah and don't forget breathe in self-confidence breathe out self-doubt. That's right. Bam.